Hello and welcome to The Buzz. I'm Kara here with Nexon Pruitt's Economic Development Group leader, Tushar Chikliker. How are you, Tushar? I'm doing well, Kara. How are you? Doing well. What's going on in the economic development world? What have you been uh, looking at well, recently? Lo lots have been going on. Um, you know, I think supply chain disruption is a major topic, obviously, yes. um, and one that is frankly um, helping the United States and, and location of projects in the U.S., hearing it from international companies on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, we've got a region that is really primed for, uh, to take advantage of that sort of supply chain disruption and the shoring, I'll call it, of, of some of these facilities in the U.S. And that's where we're currently sitting, the middle part, middle part of South Carolina. So uh, excited about that and excited about our guest today. Yeah, for sure. And on the lighter side, before we get to it, absolutely, it was neat. You know, we always talk about workforce development. It was nice to see the governor step up and recognize Apprenticeship South Carolina and and actually claimed uh, November as Apprenticeship Month here in South Carolina, just to kind of really put the emphasis on workforce development. Th that's right, and, and workforce um, really has become the primary issue on, from an economic development recruitment perspective, without question. Um, and, you know, apprenticeship, the apprenticeship program, apprenticeship programs across the country yes. are something that sometimes are forgotten a little bit um, in the grand scheme of economic development recruitment. But when you talk to companies overseas, it's very important to them. And so it's, it's really a fantastic thing that the governor, governor did that. Excellent. Well, we're going to get right to it today because we have a, a guest in-house, which is so great because a lot of times we're doing the Zoom thing. It just feels a little bit more normal. We're proud to have Central South Carolina Alliance President and CEO Nelson Lindsay join us on the buzz today. Welcome, Nelson. Good to be here. I just want to give a little bit of background for folks that may not know it. Um, Nelson Lindsay uh, served as a South Carolina, well, he is a South Carolina certified economic developer and most recently served as the director of global business development at the South Carolina Department of Commerce. You were there since 2015-ish. That's right. And before that, he was director of economic development at both Richland and Kershaw counties, which is amazing, this resume, since you're only in your 20s and all, um, <laughs> but you, you put in all this work already. <laughs> uh, that's nice of you to say, Kara. Uh, I wish it was 20s, but yeah. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> well, this new role is a fairly new role for you, so how are you settling in? So far, so good. I think I'm in week four or so. Um, just trying to wrap my head and arms around all that Central does and you know what we can be doing so it's been a good start um, been meeting with our counties that we represent and our investors uh, that uh, support us and trying to figure out what their needs are and so it's it's been uh, been quite a start yeah and, and Nelson or should I call, should I call you King Nelson is that what you're going by nowadays no you know you can or, call me anything you want uh, well, I, 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 normal, I normally up. do I normally do actually so um, but but your region of course is uh, eight county region plus the city of Columbia um, what you know what why was and I know you served before even the Department of Commerce you were you were at Kershaw County um, as their economic development director and so you've really worn a lot of hats in the economic development uh, community um, but why was this particular job of interest to you? All right. Well, several reasons. First one is I've had such a long association with the organization, going back to my time in Kershaw. Uh, so 20-plus years of working with, uh, the, uh, with Central makes me want to um, really see if I can lead it in a new direction. We've had leadership uh, really hadn't had leadership change in 20 plus years and so the idea of taking an organization that I've been so 
um, associated with for so long in a new direction really was attractive to me. Uh, plus, it's the trifecta. So I've done the uh, local <laughs> side, I've done state, got to finish it off with regional. And so that, uh, that was part of it too. When you started looking at the job, did you see things that were just apparent to you from some of your, your past successes? You're like, we can implement this. We can, there's a lot of potential here. Well, I think I'm, we're still evaluating um, that. There, the organization and the region itself has a lot of potential um, looking ahead. So, but part of that is what do we need to be doing differently than what we've been do doing in the past? And that's part of that evaluation that I've been talking about. So uh, this region, you know, it, it's got strengths and it's got weaknesses, like every region. Sure. You know, um, the upstate has has seen some significant success in certain industries. Uh, the low country has seen success in certain industries, and there are different reasons for that that, that are driving that growth. Of course, um, the Midlands, whether it's real or perceived, the perception in the statewide economic development communities that the Midlands has maybe trailed a little bit behind those two regions. Um, I guess first, do, do you think that that's the case? And then second, what, where do you see our strengths in this particular region to be? And then maybe what our opportunities for improvement might be? Right. Um, you know, I, that certainly is the perception across the state is that maybe we have not done as, as well as some of the others. You know, we can argue that. But um, Columbia and, and the surrounding areas have always had a very steady growth to it. I mean, we are a university town and, and state government, so that's going to provide a level of growth that most areas would really like to have because it, it's, you know, it, it's uh, steady rather than, you know, explosive growth or decline. So there's, that is, uh, you know, one advantage that we have if you want to look at it that way. So I think um, the strengths that we have are, are several. Um, one is that uh, we have the major research university right here, which provides um, talent pool, uh, resources to companies, uh, research opportunities with them to come in. Um, so that I think is one of our major advantages that we need to take even greater advantage of. Um, and, and that also leads to uh, the other advantage is that our labor force you mentioned the success that other um, areas of the state have had. They have marquee larger companies, but with that comes challenges from a labor availability standpoint. The Midlands, while you know, we have a lot of great employers, large employers, we don't have that large, impactful manufacturing company um, yet. And from a labor availability standpoint, with the university, with the growth that we're having with the, the fort here, um, I think we're one of the few spots in the state that can accommodate a larger project, uh, whereas some areas, because of success, may be a little bit tapped out in that regard. So we did come in talking about workforce development, and is that one of, when I talk to economic developers, it always seems to come up, you know, trying to figure out the programs, how to work with the colleges and technical colleges to get that development going. But is that an issue that you're really hyper-focused on moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's not just uh, workforce development, it's talent attraction as well. And, and one of the things that uh, our staff has done long before I came on was develop a tool website that helps um, people consider the region, so connecting existing employers with 
potential employees, so jobs available, whether it's a permanent job or an internship in the region, but also showing um, people that are considering the, the Midlands region why they might want to live here. So all the livability characteristics that people are looking for, here's why you might want to do that. So here's the job and here's why you might want to live here. Um, it's called Start Central SC. And it is a fabulous tool to connect people that really want to look at uh, our area to, to move into work. Um, and so I'd encourage people to, to look at that. It's a huge undertaking that our staff did and it's uh, just rolled out, I think three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And so we're, we're very excited about it. And so there's a website for Start Central SC. Start StartCentralSC.org, correct? Yes. And then I just saw this morning there's an Instagram page as well. Yes. Um, so you're all over social media as well. So I'd encourage folks to, to, to um, follow, like, um, and really learn more about, about that initiative because I th certainly think it's important to the region. Another... Um, I guess workforce, and I think it's appropriate we're talking this much about workforce because it's 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 a critical issue, um, but also the overall driver for economic development in the in, in this region as mm -hmm. opposed to others is Fort Jackson. Yes, can you talk a little bit about the role that it plays in the overall economic development, um, I guess portfolio of, of of this part of the state, and then some of the benefits it brings from a workforce perspective. Right. So, you know, the fort is such a huge impact in, on Columbia and the surrounding areas just by itself. People traveling, traveling in, um, moving here because of the fort. So the impact itself is just tremendous on everyday spending, lodging, restaurants, you name it. But from our standpoint, from the economic development standpoint, the impact is really about that potential labor force. And again, as you mentioned, Tushar, labor force availability is number one for, for companies when they're considering our, our area, or really any area. Um, and so the fort provides that potential labor force. And when you think about folks coming out of the military, they're skilled, they're disciplined, uh, they know how to, how to work, uh, they know how to be there on time because in the military there is no sleeping in there is no taking a day off and so when you think about the the type of workers that come out of the military that's exactly what people are looking for but it's not just the uh, military personnel it's their spouses as well so there's two two types of potential uh, workers coming out of that that most communities don't have. And so that's an advantage that I think the fort gives us that most people don't really think about. We have a couple of clients where they have, and they're large clients that have logistic, their whole logistics program is run by veterans. Oh yeah. Because they are so, and they work so well together. They wanted a number of veterans to work together because they have a certain way of, of working and they've been highly successful there. So, um, and, and this is a question for both of you too. When I, when I talk to economic developers and they're talking about workforce development, is it just about getting the message out? Is it, you know, part of your jobs is saying, hey guys, ladies, when you're talking to companies, manufacturers, people who might come in, make sure you're telling that story, make sure they know that the fort could be utilized in this way and that we have these, or, or is that just something that's inherent that they know? Uh, well, and I can speak from my perspective, um, you know, in, in dealing directly with companies. So I'm not so much an economic developer as I am somebody that represents the companies that yes. economic developers are interfacing with. 
Um, and you know, it, you know, the, the four that, that pool uh, that labor pool availability, I, I think in years past, maybe hasn't been as much of a selling point as it, as it could be, could have been. Um, and, and in part because workforce wasn't the issue then that it was now. Sure. In years past, it was about sites and access to infrastructure and, you know, um, logistics and things like that. And, and then, you know, power rates and, um, and all those things are still important, but workforce has jumped to the top of the list. And so that allows a, um, you know, a magnifying glass to be put over, over Fort Jackson and the amazing, you know, um, labor pool that that, pro that provides to companies looking for this region. That's, that's my perspective. I don't know, Nelson, if you have another one. I, I, I do think it, in some cases, the companies get it intuitively. They think port, I mean, a fort. Fort know. and port. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, the fort, there's some, there's some personnel that we'd be interested in. Uh, some companies are, are all about hiring veterans too. So that's, that's a nice advantage, but I'd say, many of them have don't think along those lines right they come in there oh there's a fort here i don't know how that impacts me so it is a story that we have to tell as to how that can uh, benefit them and i would say too that international companies primarily the asian companies are um have been less it's been less inherent to them um i think i think naturally you know domestic based companies that is that is something that is ingrained in our DNA as Americans, um, and we understand um, what what a vital role that veterans play to the economic development of the country. Um, but when you have um, you know companies coming in from other parts of the world, primarily Asia, you know, I, I don't think they they see that as clearly out of the gate, and so that's why um, folks like Nelson and others do such a good job of 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 selling the fort to them because it is really, an, it's a win-win. Um, it's a win for our veterans and it's a win for the companies and, and then um, I guess a win-win-win, a win for our state. Mm -hmm. um, so Nelson, switching gears a little bit, um, you know, what, what, what areas, what industry sectors, you know, you, you've come in, you know, you're, you're only what, four weeks into the job, um, understand that you're probably in information gathering mode right now working, working, you know, on a, on a long-term vision and a short-term vision. Um, but are there particular, but you've been in this business a long time and you know this region well. So are there particular industry sectors you think this region is particularly well suited to, to receive um, as opposed to maybe um, others? Yeah. I think one that uh, most urban areas is, are, are interested in is that office, IT, you know, white collar, there's no real good, you know, term for it, uh, but a knowledge, knowledge worker, um, because of the university, because of the talent coming out of there, um, and our, hopefully our ability to retain that talent, um, I think we set up very well for that. Um, a kind of a subsector of that is insurance tech, right? If you think about FinTech, um, Columbia's a long history of that, and we need to capitalize and grow that even more. Um, but I'm, we're not talking call centers necessarily, but that, that smaller to mid-size uh, IT support um, uh, sector, I think, could be a, a tremendous area for us. From a manufacturing standpoint, you know, any type of advanced manufacturing, whether it's life sciences, um, things of that nature, I think we can do well in. And I mentioned the labor availability in terms of the large 
projects that are, would consider South Carolina, I do think we set up well because we are one of those areas where we do have labor, and it's tight everywhere, but we don't have quite the competition in that manufacturing sector um, that maybe some other parts of the state has. So there, there's an opportunity there. And, and when you, when I think a, a related issue to that is not just availability, but it's availability at a competitive um, wage rate. Certainly. Right. It's supply and demand. It's basic economics. And so um, perhaps it's not just the access to bodies, but it's, it's the access to bodies at a at a wage where um, the company feels like it's it, it is um, beneficial for them to locate. Here. Right. For sure. Yeah. Again, just coming in, are there holes that were brought on by the pandemic that are starting to to surface? in your four weeks of research? Are there things that you feel like you need to plug? Or again, having done this show for a while, it feels like we obviously fared better than so many other areas. But what are you seeing as we move, hopefully post-pandemic? Well, I mean, we, we definitely fared better than a lot of areas, thank goodness. Um, but it comes back down to workforce. So if you think about it, when um, the pandemic started last year, we were very tight from a labor standpoint before the pandemic began. I think our labor rate, uh, unemployment rate was sub 3%. So a lot of nervousness with companies when we started talking to them about how are you, you know, how are you going to uh, show us where the workforce is going to come from. Pandemic loose, loosened that up a little bit, unfortunately for a lot of people. But now that we're transitioning out of that, there's been this change that a lot of people are trying to understand as you know, the great resignation or whatever you want to call it, is there's, there's folks that are looking for jobs, but I think there's a disconnect between the jobs that are available and what people want to do. And people are trying to figure out what do they want to do that, you know, they've done something in the past, they didn't like it, or they want to change. And so there's this reckoning of, we have to figure out, I didn't, I used to do that, I don't necessarily want to do that anymore. So how do we, you know, get them to consider those jobs that are available um, in the future that will help the region? It's probably uh, too soon to, to see the trends, but yeah. is anybody starting to see, uh, just coming in on the radio this morning, some folks that were in the restaurant and hospitality industry, they had their voices. You know, I really don't want to go back to being yelled at by these, <laughs> these folks anymore. I want to do something different. Are we seeing trends of where people are turning to? Well, that, I think it's too early yes. to say that, but I, that's a good example and one that I think most people can understand because when you go to a, a restaurant or something like that, they're, they're all short-staffed. So where, where are those people going? Um, and how, you, how can you get them to consider other careers um, in the region, um, whether it's IT or manufacturing, whatever it may be, that's going to be the challenge, um, figuring out who these folks are what they're interested in and how can we sell them on you know these jobs that are going to be available that were that's not like what they used to do and so um, I think that's something that a lot of well most communities are going to have to to figure out and assist and and I know we're we're a little over time already um, but is, is that where start central comes into play for, from a certain uh, to a certain degree I think that's that's certainly part of it so if you if you're transitioning in your job career, you've, you've quit whatever you are doing, that does allow you to look at, hey, what jobs are out there? 
but also what, um, how do you upgrade your skills? And so you can go on there and, and look and see what uh, training opportunities are out there um, for that other job um, that you may not have thought of. Um, and then again, the last piece of it is trying to attract and retain the people that are here. Maybe they're coming out of the university. We don't want them to go to other locations. And so you know, looking around and seeing what's from a livability standpoint, what's available here that they may have no idea about. One takeaway before we let you go. <laughs> um, I do think we are a, a region on the rise. The uh, future is bright for us. I look forward to uh, working with a wide variety of people uh, to figure out what that looks like. Excellent. Well, Nelson, Lindsay, we appreciate your time. Um, he is fairly new, four <laughs> weeks in. Central South Carolina Alliance President and CEO Nelson Lindsay, appreciate you being here. I'm having a hard time getting That's that okay. out. That's okay. I mean, easy you, for me to say. No, that, I mean, I think it's easier just to call him King Nelson as he requested. Yeah, as he's requesting. Yes. I'll go by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Mid, the Midlands Monarch might be another one. So You're good. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll work now on I that. need to figure out a title for yourself. <laughs> Lindsay, you might have to. Uh, yeah, Nelson, Nelson, thank you. Yeah. Nelson, thanks for taking on this role. Um, you know, I think the state will be, be uh, certainly better off as a result of you, uh, be, you being willing to take this role on being. You know, taking taking the middle part of the state into the next 15, 20, 25 years, you know, as somebody with with young children that are living here, um, you know, this organization has been, you know, not just based on my work, but, you know, on from a personal perspective, has been um, an incredible, uh, incredibly meaningful and an incredible source of potential. And I think we will, um, you know, we'll really reach those those levels under your leadership well thank you and i, I look forward to it i'm a native myself been here for uh, longer than i want to admit <laughs> so uh it's personal to me as well so um this is something i've been looking forward to doing and i'm glad i'm on board excellent thank you very much thanks for your time and thank you for joining us on the buzz we'll see you next time everybody stay safe out there